This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. Welcome back to the Knowledge at Wharton podcast. I'm Rachel Kipp, Associate Editorial Director of the Knowledge at Wharton website. We're here today to talk about user-generated content. We're all creating more of it than ever in the form of Twitter and Facebook posts and online reviews for sites like Yelp and Amazon. Wharton marketing professor Shiri Melumad has a new paper looking at how user-generated content changes based on the type of device that it's written on. Shiri, thanks for being here. Thank you so much for inviting me, Rachel. What was the inspiration for this research? So this research was actually inspired by patterns that I noticed in my own behavior. Uh, So a few years ago, I started noticing that the way I expressed myself when I was writing certain types of content on my phone, so things like work emails or messages to friends, actually differed quite a bit from how I expressed myself when I wrote the same type of content on my computer. And so I became really interested in whether uh, first any differences systematically arise when consumers generate content on their phone versus PC. And second, if so, what are the factors that underlie these differences? So as I put it out up top, I mean, we're all creating tons of user generated content every day, probably without even really thinking about it. But for marketers, why is it important to really understand this and how people are doing it? So there's been an explosion of user-generated content in recent years, to your point, right? So things like Facebook posts, Yelp reviews, and so on. Uh, And one of the reasons this matters is that customers are increasingly relying on this content as a critical source of information in the marketplace. So, for example, one study has shown that over 80% of customers rely on some form of user-generated content to inform their purchase decisions. So what this implies is that what's written or what's being conveyed in this user-generated content really matters. Uh, For example, Jonah Berger and Katie Milkman here at the Wharton School have research that shows that content that contains greater emotionality is more likely to be shared and discussed by others online. And so uh, what this suggests is that marketers need to understand not just what types of content are most likely to be influential to other customers, but also what factors give rise to the creation of such content. So you tested this theory using two field studies and three controlled experiments. Why was it important to use both of those things and what did it allow you to test? Yeah, so in general, in my research, I try to complement my experimental findings with field data whenever I can. Uh, In this particular paper, the first study I report is a field study of TripAdvisor reviews written by customers either on their smartphones or on their PCs. The reason I wanted to start with this was because I wanted to first establish that these effects actually arise in the real world. Next, it was important for me to test whether these results hold in a lab setting, in part because it allowed me to experimentally control for a number of alternative explanations that I couldn't control for in the field data. So, for example, it's possible that any differences that we saw arise across devices in the TripAdvisor reviews might have arisen because phone users are simply more likely to write their review at the restaurant, whereas PC users typically wait until they get home to write the review, uh, which may have influenced what they wrote about. 
Uh, there might have also been possible issues of self-selection in the field data. So it could be the case that the type of consumer who tends to write a review on their phone is somehow substantively different from the type of consumer who tends to write a review on their PC. Uh, and so this is why I wanted to run an experimental study, right? So I brought participants into the lab and I randomly assigned them to write a review either on their phone in one condition or on their laptop in the other condition. And this allowed me to control for any possible differences in temporal proximity to the dining experience or possible issues of self-selection that might have arisen in the TripAdvisor data. You also use natural language processing as part of the study. Can you explain that? Sure. Um, so across most of the studies, we had both natural language processing software that we used as well as human ratings of the content. The goal here was to find a way to sort of quantify differences in content. Our focus, uh, I guess I'm previewing the findings, but our focus was on uh, whether differences in the degree of emotionality conveyed might arise across different devices. And so to do this, for example, we use a very well-established text analysis software called LIWC or Luke. Uh, it's used in many marketing studies and essentially what it does is it has a dictionary of about 90 linguistic categories um, and basically for a given text it counts the number of words in the text that falls within each of those 90 linguistic categories uh, and the output is essentially uh, a count-based measure. So it's let's say the proportion of words in a given review that belong to its emotionality category. So that's sort of one way that we went about quantifying differences in emotionality. We complement this with uh, having human raters who are blind to our hypothesis essentially read the text and indicate the extent to which they saw the text as conveying emotionality. And we got convergent validity with these two types of measures. It's not too surprising to find out that people wrote less on their smartphones versus on their computers. I think all of us can figure that out from our own lives. But you also found, as you pointed out, a difference in what they wrote and what kind, what they were focused on. So can you talk about that a little bit? Sure, right. So I found that first, because of the smaller keyboard and screen available on our phone, we tend to write less when we're writing, let's say, online reviews. Uh, and because we're writing less on our phones, we tend to focus on the overall essence or gist of what we're trying to convey, uh, rather than including more specific details. Now, importantly, especially in the context of writing a review of, let's say, a service experience, the gist of what I want to say is going to tend to be based on my emotional evaluation of that experience. And so in other words, the use of our phones often results in the creation of content that's more emotional than the use of our PCs. Uh, I want to also note that across our studies, we consistently found that the greater emotionality of smartphone-generated content was predominantly driven by greater positive emotionality in particular. Uh, and the last thing I'd like to note is that uh, while in most of our studies we look at restaurant reviews, in the final study we were interested in whether these effects generalize to another domain of user-generated content. So we looked at tweets about different pop culture-related topics. Uh, so, for example, if a tweet contained a trending hashtag like uh, worse ways to become famous, this would have been included in our data. And we find, interestingly, that first, tweets written on phones are actually shorter than tweets written on PCs. And that, again, we find that the content generated on phones is more emotional than that generated on PCs. So what does this mean for those of us who are using a lot of user-generated content to help us make decisions. Yeah, so I think, you know, this bears important implications for both other customers and for the brands themselves. 
Um, so specifically, because reviews written on phones tend to be more emotional than those written on PCs, it's possible that this content may be more diagnostic of customers' actual feelings about the product or experience. Uh, second, recall that Jonah Berger and Katie Milkman's research shows that content that's more emotional is more likely essentially to go viral, to be shared and discussed by others. So from the firm's perspective, knowing that reviews had been written on phones and thus are more likely to be emotional can help the firm identify which customer-generated content may be the most influential to others. Uh, and note that this information tends to be readily available, right? So firms are already collecting data on the originating device that their customers are using to browse their websites. And for consumers, certain websites like TripAdvisor actually include a mobile indicator that indicates whether a review is written on mobile or not. Uh, and so it's really important to take into account the particular device that was used to generate this content. And I would think that mobile is probably growing faster than PC, that we're probably going to see more and more of this content created on a, on, mobile, on a mobile device. That's right. Yeah. And, you know, in response to this, firms are now increasingly pursuing not just mobile first strategies, but even mobile only strategies. So for marketers, are there specific ways that they could use this in terms of like surfacing certain reviews? I, I mean, I would think could think of a situation where a lot of marketers will feature a couple of top reviews and maybe they would want more of these mobile reviews than PC reviews? I mean, it's uh, we need to be careful to generalize too much. But, you know, I did mention a moment ago that the greater emotionality of smartphone generated content is predominantly positive in nature. So to that extent, I mean, I would imagine that a company would want to first sort of filter on the more positive reviews to begin with. But my results suggest that mobile reviews would tend to be more positively emotional. Do we lose something when people's when people's user-generated content is focusing more on emotions? Like you pointed out that this is the type of content that people are drawn to that's more likely to go viral. But is there also something lost in terms of, I mean, I'm thinking if it's a review for a restaurant or even something more, something like a washing machine, we might want to know some of those nuts and bolts things that might get left out of an emotional review? Yeah, I think that's a really interesting question. I mean, I think, first of all, in reality, consumers don't, read reviews uh, sort of in a vacuum, meaning I'll tend to read a number of reviews before I make a decision. Um, what's really interesting is uh, we ran this sort of preliminary study that's ultimately not reported in the paper, where we try to look at sort of the downstream consequences of this greater emotionality. Uh, so basically what we did is we recruited a separate sample of participants and we had them read a random selection of smartphone generated, generated reviews and PC generated reviews. Uh, in one condition, they actually knew what device the reviews were written on, but in the other condition, they were blind to the device. They didn't know the originating device. And it's really interesting. We found that regardless of their knowledge of the originating device, uh, readers were more interested in trying restaurants that were reviewed on smartphones than on PCs. Now, you could imagine this is maybe largely even attributable to the greater positive emotionality, we find that it's statistically mediated by the greater perceived emotionality of smartphone-generated reviews. Given that that's predominantly positive, perhaps that's not that surprising. But it was a very interesting result. Was it surprising that this was more prevalent among positive emotionality than negative? Because I mean, you always read that if people are mad, they're going to be more prolific than anything else if they've had a bad experience versus a very positive one. Yeah, so it might seem a little bit counterintuitive at first, but actually um, a very consistent 
consistent finding within the word of mouth literature is that word of mouth tends to be predominantly positive. Uh, the explanations that have been put forth for this uh, largely argue that this is because of self-presentational concerns. So I want to come off as sort of a more positive person, and so I'll tend to share word of mouth that's more positive. But that's actually a very well-established finding in the literature, so we weren't that surprised to find it. And what's next for this research? Uh, so a number of things, actually. Um, so... First, as I sort of alluded to a moment ago, uh, I'm really interested in examining the downstream consequences of these differences. So as I mentioned, we've run now a couple of preliminary studies where we find that people are actually more interested in trying re restaurants that have been reviewed on phones than on PCs, and that this is statistically driven by the greater emotionality of those reviews. Uh, I'm also really interested in examining how content generation differs across devices in a different context. Specifically, in a newer project, we find that people not only write more emotionally on their phones, they're actually more willing to self-disclose on the device. Now, uh, specifically, we're finding that people seem to be more willing to communicate certain types of personal information when it's elicited on their phones than on their PCs. Now, this may seem paradoxical or a bit counterintuitive because these days we hear a lot about people being very concerned about data privacy on their phones. Uh, and yet what we're finding is that in certain contexts, people are actually more willing to express sensitive information about themselves when they're writing on their phones. I'm also really interested in exploring the process of consumption across devices. So for example, in one project, I've used field data to examine differences in consumers' browsing behaviors on a large news website. Uh, and what we found, again, this is very preliminary, uh, is that users browsing on their phones are more likely to click on sections like entertainment, whereas users browsing on their computer are more likely to click on sections like politics or science and tech. Uh, and so these results are consistent with the idea that perhaps, you know, we undergo this more emotional mindset altogether when we're on our phone relative to our computer, where maybe we undergo more of a cognitive mindset. Sherry, thanks for being here. Thank you so much for having me. You can find all of Knowledge at Wharton's articles, podcasts, and more on our website, which is knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. You can also find all of our podcasts on Apple Podcasts or your other favorite podcasting app. If you like what you hear, please leave us a review or a rating. It really does help like-minded folks to find the show. Thanks for listening. For more insight from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.